Hi, I'm Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. We're here today for the Max Murphy podcast with mayoral candidate Sal Albanese running in the Democratic primary for mayor. Welcome, Sal. Good uh, to be here. Sal, as we've started with other candidates who've joined us, want, can you give us and our audience sort of your elevator pitch, your sort of one minute, why are you running and why what, who, why people should support your candidacy? Right. Uh, first, uh, let me just start by saying I'm also the Reform Party candidate, uh, and so I'll be on the ballot in November. Um, and and one of my main issues uh, is uh, reforming our political system, which I think is bankrupt and corrupt. And I've got a number of proposals around campaign finance reform, nonpartisan elections, lobbying reform, which I think will will make New York City the modern Athens. I'd love to see us be. Uh, looked upon as the city, we are the greatest city in the world, but it has the best political system in the world. So that we know we have a state political system that's broken, a federal government, a federal system that's corrupt, and cities are in the vanguard of reform. And I think New York City should have the best system, which it's basically about democracy, opening up the process, getting more people to run, getting more people to participate. Um, and that will, I think, will address problems that I see lurking in the city's future that are not being addressed uh, like much more efficiently, such as mass transit, um, uh, sustainability, um, the, um, our educational system needs, needs some, some significant improvement, uh, housing, affordable housing is also a major issue facing the city, and also the efficiency of, of our city agencies to, to deliver uh, services, and that means hiring the best and the brightest. So if you get there with a grassroots base, you won't have to take phone calls from people who give you a lot of money to tell you to appoint this guy to the city planning commission, that guy to the board of standards and appeals. I, I want to attract the best and the brightest um, and, and uh, uh, have them begin to address some of the major issues that are not being addressed now, such as, as I said, affordable housing, mass transit, uh, traffic congestion, and, and uh, affordable, and, and other issues involving uh, homelessness crisis as well um, it needs to be needs to be overhauled so um, bottom line is top issue is political reform so I first met you 20 years ago uh, when I was a student at Fordham and you came to talk to us as a mayoral candidate that was the first time you ran uh, how are you different how is this candidacy different from the candidate you were in in 97 well, I think uh, 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 I'm more knowledgeable about about uh, running campaigns. I mean, I, I've run, this is my third time, so I, I kind of have the rhythm down pat of what it's like to run as an insurgent, um, and, and that that gives me a, a certain amount of, um, uh, a certain amount of advantage over all the other candidates that are running because I, I know how to husband my resources. But in terms of the message, I've been running against the wind when I uh, for years, I mean, it was I was a council member for 15 years. I was an independent member of that city council. I ran for mayor in '97. I got 22 percent of the vote, and basically, I I've been talking about political reform, about mass transit, uh, mass transit, about uh, education, about integrity in government, all of my career. So it's not easy to run um, campaigns on those around those issues because the uh, the power structure, the political class, I call it, uh, will not do much to help you. So you depend on grassroots efforts. And uh, um, I, I've, in this campaign, we're, we're doing a lot better job reaching out to, to neighborhood groups than we've done in the past. 
and I think that's that's one of the major differences, just the outreach that we're doing around the city. How do you, so, so that seems to answer part of the question, but how do you gain momentum as someone who is running as an outsider, is running as a reformer, who doesn't hold office currently, so you don't have sort of right. some of that built-in bully pulpit and name recognition, at least among insiders in the press. I mean, a lot of people know who you are because you right. have been around a while. Um, but how do, you, how do you build that momentum? What are well, you doing? I, I think by uh, highlighting the, uh, the important issues that, that average New Yorkers care about, I think they care about corruption in government. Um, and, and I think if you offer a, an alternative um, to that, uh, we've seen that with Sanders and even with Trump. That's how they generated a lot of interest. Uh, um, I, I, even even the, the latest poll that showed the Blasio was somewhat more popular showed that people were not happy about the corruption, the pay-to-play that's taking place in the city. So by highlighting those issues, getting the press interested, getting people like you guys uh, to, to write about it, um, will resonate with folks. Also, mass transit. What am I? I want to be a ma- the mass transit mayor. I think that's one of the major failures of our government, city, and state. And by highlighting that, and even I mean, we did it last week. We held a press conference. Uh, we're going to be doing more of that. There was a lot of interest uh, on the part of the press, and my uh, contributions um, began to increase. People reaching out to us, volunteer bases getting more activated. So I think you talk about issues that matter to people and, and projecting outward. Uh, and, we, you know, I've got a press secretary uh, that, that's uh, handling that. Um, we've got some pretty good advice on how to, how to, uh, how to hold press conferences because there's a way to do that, you know. Uh, and uh, um, so that's really the way to do it. I mean, uh, people like outsiders. If you've got something to say, I mean, if, just a, if you just say you're an outsider without offering any proposals, people get turned off there. There's a high level of cynicism. There's no doubt about it. The question is, how do you overcome that? And, and I think once people look at my track record, that I'm not a Johnny-come-lately to reform, I'm not a Johnny-come-lately to mass transit, um, I, I think that people will gravitate to our campaign and will begin to, uh, will begin to gain more and more momentum. But I feel the momentum um, increasing over the last two weeks. So you mentioned in 97 you got 21, 22% yeah. of, of the vote, which was at the time shocking uh, yeah. that a, a, an insurgent could do that. Last time around in 2013, you got a little less than 1%. Uh, yeah. That suggests that the message didn't resonate. Though, how, how do you explain the, the fall off? Well, the there, were, there were a lot. Uh, I call that the Wiener election. I mean, it was, it was very difficult to, 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 to gain any kind of, uh, to break through, to, to get my message out. There were, there were a number of, uh, as you know, high-profile candidates in that race. Uh, probably a race I shouldn't have entered because uh, we got into it late. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, we couldn't get the press to get interested in issues. They were just not, especially when, when Wiener got into the race. Uh, and then it became a two-ring circus when Spitzer got into the race. So how do you, how do you, how do you break through that? Uh, and that was, that was part of the problem. And I think what happened is the people who wanted to vote for me saw that my numbers in the polls were so low that basically said, well, he's, you know, Albany's is not really um, viable at this point, so I'm going to go to, you know, uh, maybe de Blasio, maybe uh, Quinn or what have you. So we never cracked through because we got into it late and, and it was just the dynamics was so different in 97. 97 were three candidates and, you know, there was a lot of give and take. There was a lot of press around the issues. Um, um, that's. I mean, that seems like it's slow. It's, it's similar this I mean, year, right? Similar yeah. to this year. Although mm-hmm. there was no. Yeah, there no, wasn't a coming. Giuliani well, was the incumbent right. then. 
But mm-hmm. so the idea of sort of running as an insurgent, running as a reformer, not necessarily being tapped into some of the political structures that you sort of uh, rail against, you know, real estate money, I do, money, I do, I do rail against them. So this type of race seems more suited to that, right? An incumbent that you are critical of. Yeah. So what is it that you're basing, you know, you, you mentioned political reform, but you didn't really mention the current mayor as sort of galvanizing your campaign. So what are you saying to voters in the Democratic primary here? And you mentioned you have the Reform Party line, yeah. so broader than that. But what are you saying to voters saying, why you over the current mayor for another term? Well, I think the current mayor is uh, lacking in so many different areas. I, I, I think he's probably one of the, one of the uh, worst mayors uh, in, in recent history because I don't think he pays attention to the job. I think he's, first of all, I don't think he's a reformer. He's a political operative. Uh, he, he's, not, he's not someone who believes the political system should be opened up. Um, and the pay-to-play investigations, I mean, I haven't seen that since the Koch days. He was under uh, several investigations. That both the U.S. Attorney and the, uh, the DA Manhattan said he acted unethically and inappropriately. So um, on that alone, he should, be, he should not be reelected because people are interested in integrity in government. The, the other issue is managerial. I mean, he's it's mass transit, three and a half years, hasn't uttered a word about it. The only thing he said is, it's not my job, and, and it is his job. It's, it, it's his job to be, uh, to be um, an advocate for mass transit and also to increase the city share, which I've, I've already proposed that the city share be increased uh, because the city doesn't do enough, and then begin to work with Cuomo. He's... Um, his, I can point to so many, so many macro issues that he's failed on, including affordable housing, including being in the 60% of his money being raised by big real estate, which in my opinion is a terrible conflict of interest. Uh, homelessness has increased under his watch after spending 80% more than the, than the, than the past administration on it. Um, the agencies like ACS have been turned broken by his own DOI commissioner. Um, his uh, um, his uh, uh, in corrections, uh, he spent a billion dollars, and 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 uh, violence is skyrocketing there. He appointed a commissioner who was out of the city most of the time. Uh, the Times just did a story yesterday about uh, or Saturday about the uh, sustainability effort of the city, and, and and he hasn't filled vacancies there, which basically is <laughs> execution. He doesn't execute. Uh, being mayor is 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 a bread and butter job. You've got to be in the neighborhoods. You've got to stay on top of your commissioners. All of that stuff de Blasio doesn't do. He's a macro guy. If he's a macro guy, he should run for the U.S. Senate. But this is this is a job that, that's really hands-on stuff that I love to do. I love being in public housing. I love being in, uh, riding a train. I ride a train on a regular basis uh, because that's what the, that's what a mayor does, um, you know, and, and he has failed miserably in that. And I, by the way, I predicted that in 2020. 13, that he will be a That's terrible true. manager, uh, and I, I refuse to endorse him, because I know de Blasio a long time. I, I knew de Blasio when he worked for Mayor Dinkins, and he was the liaison to the city council, and nothing ever got done whenever I gave him stuff. So, uh, bottom line is that uh, there's a compelling case that de Blasio should be replaced uh, as mayor of the city of New York. The only thing he has going for him is he has a, you know, he inherited a great economy, there's a lot of money in the coffers, which I think he's, he's wasting a lot of it. Uh, but, but um, you know, I, I think on the issues that, that matter most to New York is the bread and butter issues. Bread and butter issues, he gets an F. Um, and even, even in terms of political 
I call it political malpractice. I mean, he's a person whose expertise is politics, and he's not able to he's not able to communicate with Cuomo and the legislature, and he's spending a lot of political capital, which could be spent on trying to fix the mass transit system, on on issues that should be really uh, jump ball. I mean, they 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 no brainers. Uh, so I, I that is also another another uh, another factor. A layup. Yeah, exactly. Layup. <laughs> right. I'm a basketball player, so, so I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in the layup. Yeah. You mentioned the history, and you know, De Blasio and you both being from Brooklyn. Right. Um, but I was born. I mean, I lived in most of my life. In Brooklyn. Right. Um, it, do you dislike the mayor personally? Um, no, I don't dislike him personally. I do find him arrogant. I do. I'll be honest, and I find him. I find him to be. Uh, not a people person, uh, but I I don't hate the mayor. I just think he's he's a, I just think he's miscast. He shouldn't be the mayor of New York City, uh, the greatest city in the world. Needs somebody who really cares about the issues and and um, is is involved in the day to day lives of New Yorkers and doesn't doesn't uh, look for every excuse to leave the city of New York uh, like he did. He was in he was in Miami uh, just yesterday, uh, two days ago, when he should be up. In Albany, negotiating for the uh, um, for the uh, mayoral control of the schools. I don't I don't dislike the mayor. I'm not a fan. Um, uh, you know he. Uh, uh, I said as I said I've known him. I've known him a long time. I actually went to his wedding. Believe it or not. So so you talk about political reform. I've heard you talk here about management as well, and that's obviously yeah. been a theme. The, the mayor can't execute. The mayor can't manage. That's been right. one of your big messages. So. Let's get into a few sort of specifics. One thing I know very well from following your campaign is your proposal for democracy vouchers for campaign finance reform. The other thing I've heard you say recently is um, increasing the city's commitment to the MTA right. capital plan. So give us a few other specific like planks of your platform that New York should know. Yeah, stuff. or you could talk about those talk, a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little. The, the, yeah. The, I think the what Seattle has done is the gold standard for campaign finance uh, in America, and we should follow it. And, and by the way, it was popular across across party lines. Every registered voter in Seattle receives four twenty-five dollar vouchers, many rebates. So whether you earn thirty thousand dollars a year or you're a multimillionaire, you get the same four twenty-five dollar vouchers. And, and elected officials are forced, and challenges are forced to actually engage with regular people and say, hey, Jared, Max, I really would love your vouchers. Um, would you donate into my campaign? I hear, here's what I stand for. So instead of dollying for dollars, which is under our system with the $5,000 cap, that's what these people do running citywide, you're actually engaging people in neighborhoods. You go to block parties. You go to uh, uh, town hall meetings, and you say, look, this, this, is, this is who I am. Uh, and the, the money doesn't come out of their pocket. It's like a mini rebate. And it levels the playing field. It ends pay-to-play. It ends bundling by lobbyists and people who do business with the city. And that's why it's called democracy vouchers, because the, the, the person who lives in public housing and earns $35,000 a year will get the same $425 vouchers as the hedge fund manager who earns $10 million a year and lives in the ritziest part of the city. So I think that's, uh, that is... That is, to me, what we that that's about democracy. That's why I am a big believer in it. That's one of the first things I'm going to implement. I'm going to put a charter revision commission together, and put that on the ballot. The second issue regarding the MTA. I mean, the city has shortchanged the the transit system for years. Not only De Blasio, but his predecessors as well. So um, I want to 
I want to bridge the gap between me and, and the governor, and I'm, I'm going to double the city's contribution to a billion dollars instead of uh, what the city's contributing now uh, to the capital budget. And I've written a letter to Cuomo. I've said, look, I want to work with you. Uh, you've always you've charged accurately that the city doesn't do its fair share. Well, now I'm doing my fair share. I want you to work with us to fix the system because the system is so important to the environment, to the economy of the city. I think it's the most important service, and it's been ignored for years. And I was around in the 80s when the trains were literally falling off the tracks, when Cuomo the elder and Koch was the mayor, and they, they couldn't stand each other. But they got together with Ravitch, and they infused the capital budget to, to fix the track beds, and they did it. They did a great job, but it's been neglected ever since. So uh, I, won't, I, won't, I won't have the high moral ground. Right, so Cuomo can't say that I'm not doing my fair share. Uh, and I think that I would, also, I would also make it a major issue. I, I would use the bully puppet around the city, and Cuomo's got very good antennas. Not in a hostile way, you know, we're going to threaten you, you know, in a way to say, look, here's what the city's doing. Let's get Governor Cuomo on board, you know. And, and, and the city of New York provides a tremendous amount of support to Democratic candidates statewide. Without the city, you're doomed. So I think Cuomo would be... Uh, would be receptive to working with me to improve mass transit and fix the signal systems, get new car stocks and uh, new buses. Um, Is there any anything in that letter that's a sort of uh, hey, how about a how about an endorsement here? Any any? Uh, <laughs> we know no. we we know his endorsement of the mayor might be uh, might not be coming well, anytime soon. I don't think he's going to endorse the yeah. mayor, but who, yeah. who knows? You never know. I mean, uh, you know, I think that. Uh, I mean, I, I, know, I know Andrew Cuomo a long time. I mean, his, I endorsed his father. I was one of the only people in Brooklyn that endorsed his father, Robert Koch, when he ran for governor. And Andrew Cuomo was his campaign manager and called me at home repeatedly uh, during that period of time. So I know we have a relationship going back. Uh, you know, I disagree with, him on, disagree with him on a number of issues and have been critical at times. But I think Cuomo is very pragmatic, and I, I pledge to work with him. I also know that some of Cuomo's people were trying to patch up the relationship, and de Blasio dug in and refuses to, to, to work with the governor. I know that full well from a very good source on the inside, because I don't think it benefits the governor either to have the, the mayor of the city of New York, uh, you know, bad-mouthing you. And, you know, yesterday, you know, de Blasio attacks him on mass transit, right, um, and says, you control the system. And yesterday Cuomo comes and turns around and says, well, you can't manage the schools. That's why, you know, you're having problem with mayoral control. That's not good for the city. I can patch that up. And I think the, the, the animosity between the two is so deep-rooted that it's not going away. It's never going away. Um, so, and... and, uh, on, and mass, on mass transit, sorry, I just want to get back to that before we lose it. Um, the city's greater contribution to the system um, would be generated through, I think you've hinted at a, a tolling plan, you suggested some sympathy well, yeah, for, no. for Move New York. How would, how would that, well, what would your approach to tolls? I, I, I support, I support uh, the, the Move New York plan. I think traffic congestion is a disaster, and I, I'm the only candidate that, that does uh, support it. Uh, it would generate a billion dollars by tolling some of the East River bridges um, and applying congestion pricing to people driving into the business district uh, during, during business period, and that, that billion dollars will go to mass transit. Um, but I also think that mass transit is such a priority that I would, we have an $87 billion budget. You've got to fund it. That's, you, you, you fund that before you fund anything else. Uh, and then you look for other areas of, of uh, funding sources. But um, uh, that, that would be 
those two areas of fixing mass transit and addressing traffic congestion, which is, by the way, at a crisis level, um, everywhere you go, people complain about traffic in this city. So if you get the tr- you've got this huge traffic problem, mass transit system that's really melting down, you've got a real problem in the city. I mean, people will not come to New York. It's going to affect the... Co- that's why even some of the, you know, institutional players, of, you know, like the Wall Street Journal, folks that are very conservative, uh, the New York Post are saying, we've got to fix this system because it's going to impact the city's future. I mean, the mayor of Denver just it was on the air a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he's got a program called Move Denver. He, and he said he, on the air, unless I get a hold of the congestion in the city, we're going to lose a lot of commerce. And, mm-hmm. and same thing in New York. You know, we're competing with London for the like premier city of the world. Their, their tube has a modern signal system. Their infrastructure is significantly better. They have congestion pricing. I mean, New York City has been irresponsible in both of those areas. And I'm, I'm also concerned about what I read the other day about Rotterdam has got a great, uh, the Times wrote a piece about their, their uh, addressing climate change because they're five, they're like below sea, sea level. They're going to get hit again with storms. So they're doing some innovative stuff and we're not doing anything in New York City. We're going to get hit again. And, and de Blasio is just sitting on his, uh, you know, he's not addressing it. And by the way, another failure, build it broke, uh, Sandy. Uh, Huge waste of money by the city. The state did it cheaper and faster. Three and a half years, the Blasio says, you know, uh, it's a problem. Uh, where was he for three and a half years? I mean, he inherited a mess, and he didn't make it better. Uh, so, you know, once again, it goes to his managerial skills. One of the things the mayor says sometimes when um, some of us at his press conferences say, why now? Why are you just getting around to this now? Why in year three? Sort of as you just right. did about about some of this stuff, you know, one of the things he has said repeatedly is you can't do everything at once. We had to focus on, you know, pre-K and affordable housing and some of his other top priorities. And he says, you know, you can't tackle every major issue at once. What do you, what do you That's, that's nonsense. That? First of all, you, you, you have commissions for all of these entities, right? And, and, and they've got the resources. They've just got to execute. I mean, they're not executing. I mean, Ponted Corrections was out of the city. I mean, you can't. You when you run in the city of New York, you can't take that position. You've got to. You've got. You're the mayor. You hire top flight talents, and you have them execute. You're not doing it yourself. You're holding them accountable, which he does not do. He's not a manager. I mean, uh, Bloomberg, whatever his other flaws were, he he was a manager. He hired top flight talent, and he held people accountable. Not he wasn't. I mean, build it back. He, he didn't do a good job there. But I, 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 he was. He was a manager, um, and and uh, he's just not. He just does not execute. You can't take that position. I why mean, aren't there things, more? Why aren't there more people, groups, disaffected with the mayor? Why? Oh, why? Uh, but Matt, Ben, they were they were all over the city. I'm mm-hmm. running into them everywhere. I was in Middle Village the other night. 250 people, as soon as they announced, they don't they know me that well, they announced that I was running against the Blasio, I got a standing ovation. I was in Greenwich Village the other night, and, and people were booing the mayor at a town hall meeting. I, I have to tell you, where is the enthusiasm for the Blasio? Where is it? I don't see it in the black community. They may like him, but I don't see anybody excited about the Blasio. I mean, I know when Koch was around, and Dinkins, and, and Giuliani, they all, they all had their kind of power bases where people got excited when you went into a crowd. Uh, he doesn't generate any any enthusiasm. I see anywhere. that sometimes maybe at union, you know, with maybe, union rallies with maybe, him. Maybe, mm-hmm. but the union rallies are stacked, all right? And they, yeah, but uh, you talk to civil service uh, you know, folks, they're not thrilled with him at all. First of all, you know, the contract that, that he gave 
the civil service workforce doesn't even keep up with inflation. I mean, it's, it, was, it was a seven-year contract with an average of about 1% a year. Uh, inflation rate is about 2%. They're not enthused with de Blasio at all. Um, even the pre-K program has problems. The pre-K program is a two-tiered scale. I mean, you've got, you should have, that should have been addressed from the beginning. You've, You're got, talking, yeah, go you've got people who work in, in um, you know, they belong to DC 37 teachers. They're earning like $10,000 less than the people doing the same work who are UFT members. So there's a morale problem there as well. That should have been addressed from the beginning. So I don't know what, uh, I, the the only area where I consider he, he did a, he made a very good appointment is I mean so far as Catherine Garcia in sanitation I think she does a good job I, I, I I've been impressed with her a couple of times I've mm-hmm. seen her she seems to be on top of uh, top of things but you know uh, he's he gets F's right across the board on too many issues macro issues not I'm not talking about minor issues I mean he talks a good game I'm a progressive you know we want to address income inequality but at the end of the day. It, it's about it's about putting your resources in the right place and executing, and he's failed dismally on that. And I'm I'm telling you that he's he's a mayor that whose support is paper thin, paper thin. Let's talk about one macro macro issue, which is public safety right. and Mayor De Blasio's cases. You know that he has further reduced stop and frisk. They've reduced arrests. They've reduced marijuana arrests, and crime remains pretty close to historic lows. That's yeah. the first subject on your website issues list. Right. Do you feel the city has a public safety problem? Um, it has a uh, it has a quality of life problem. People can uh, people are, are are concerned about um, uh, there's an uneasiness on 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 the city streets about uh, quality of life conditions. You've got a lot of folks on the street that have emotionally have emotional problems. Mental illness is, you know, rampant across America, and and you have a lot of folks in the city that are not, that are not being, they're not being, for some reason the outreach isn't there. I see them on the trains, and I there there is an uneasiness out there. But in terms of crime, um, you know, look, let's let's be let's be frank here. Part of the reason why crime is down in the city is because of hypergen hypergentrification. I mean, uh, I I uh, you know. Wherever you have concentrated poverty, you're going to have you're going to have crime because people are poor, they're desperate, and and, and when when you take neighborhoods like Williamsburg and Bushwick and and, and that are now hypergentrified, your crime rate is going to drop. I mean, I was I used to I used to uh, when I was when I was coach in high school, I used to take my kids into Bushwick High School, and I needed the cops to, to help us get out of the building. That's how tough those neighborhoods were in those days. So. You know the cops are doing a good job. Um, I think they're demoralized, which are, which is a problem. They are demoralized. The, 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 the Blasio has got a ninety percent. Ninety. Most of them want to retire. They want to put twenty years out and out because they feel that the, the Blasio doesn't doesn't really support them. Um, and we saw that case in in Queens, in the Bronx, with a terrible shooting. With uh, that poor woman was killed uh, by Sergeant mm-hmm. Barry. And, and, you know, and, and yeah, that was a terrible shooting. And he was just indicted. And de Blasio and O'Neill both went out and without really, what, what most mayors do is, this is a terrible incident, terrible shooting, let's wait for an investigation. They both went out and basically indicted the cop. And that destroys morale. And the cop may have been wrong. I don't know. But you just don't do that as mayor. Uh, and, and I think that's that's uh, that's causing a huge morale problem. Corrections officers are all demoralized. I mean, they're, 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 they, they really have 
tremendous disdain for de Blasio based on the conversations I've had. So I, I want to be fair with our uniform force. I, I, when they're right, they're right. When they're wrong, they're wrong. And wait for the facts to come out. But I think on, on crime, hey, listen, uh, the crime is down. And, and it's on his watch. So maybe he should, should get credit for that, you know, uh, despite all of the dynamics I just pointed out. Bob Ganji is the other name in this yeah. Democratic primary. Again, I know you have the Reform Party line, and we can talk about that maybe a little more or next time. But um, Bob is clearly running to the mayor's left. He's running, you know, he's yeah. saying, I am the real sort of revolutionary progressive. The mayor has not been that. You even said that, actually. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. But um, where, where do you... Where, how do you identify yourself on sort of the political spectrum? Do you consider yourself sort of a moderate Democrat, or it's very hard to very hard. I don't like labels to pigeonhole me. I'm pro, I'm to the left of Ganji on political reform. He never talks about it. I mean, uh, guess maybe on on quote law and order issues, I'd be considered a moderate, I guess, because I you know I I, I don't spend twenty four seven beating up uh, uniform forces. So like you know, uh, I I told Bob Ganji, I say Bob, you should be instead of opening up your uh, campaign in uh, front of one police plaza and go where the real crooks are, go in front of City Hall. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's so, uh, and I, th- but Ganji, uh, you know, some of what Ganji says is true, like free tuition at CUNY. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with him on that stuff. Uh, his position on affordable housing, I agree with. I just don't think, uh, I, I don't, it's hard to pigeonhole me. I, Clyde Haberman did a column on, on me a while back and he said it's, uh, you know, I will, I'm a reformer um, uh, and uh, a progressive in a lot of issues, but it's hard. To, I, I don't like labels. I, I don't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah, that's that's sort of why I asked, because it doesn't yeah. seem like you're easily sort of right. boxed in a, an ideology. And you're running, it seems like, more as a reformer, but also sort of a manager. And we, right. we hear this from some candidates sometimes who don't want to be sort of labeled politically. They just want to run the city. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think, as a matter of fact, Mayor Landrew of... Uh, New Orleans today, in the Today's Times, actually said that, you know, that in, in cities now we're becoming less ideological and more focusing on solving problems. And he's a Democrat in New Orleans. That's what he said this morning uh, at a at, at Miami, where all the mayors gathered. And, and that's true. That's what mayors. That's what really the job of a mayor is. I mean, Bernie Sanders is a U.S. senator. I mean, uh, I understand where he's coming from. De Blasio is not Bernie Sanders. He should be running the city, and he's having forums in Iowa, which of course, you know, failed, uh, and, and he got that, on, on, he's, not a, he's not a mayor that focuses on the core issues that a chief executive of the city should be focusing on, and, and we're all going to suffer for it in the long run, because a lot of issues are going unaddressed. Let me ask, and I think we have time for one or two more, and this will be my, my last question, but to that point, the comparisons people draw between Mayor de Blasio and his predecessor, Mayor Bloomberg, where Bloomberg was considered, and certainly considered himself, a very able manager. Right. And yet there was this sentiment that de Blasio tapped into when you had to talk about it last time around, too, about inequality in the city, people feeling as though the city was well-managed, but they just simply weren't being included in it. Um, And there's also the critique of, you know, that de Blasio was the transactional mayor and that Bloomberg, because he could afford to, um, was really kind of exempt from the ethical considerations that this mayor has raised. What do you think about that? How do you compare them? You have a manager who is not at all beholden to donors uh, I think it's sitting great. there, and you have the, the current mayor who is 
you know, a person of normal income like you and me, um, and uh, and you, you fault his his management of the city. Well, I, I fault his management of the city because uh, he's a terrible manager. I mean, but in terms of in terms of pay to play, um, I, I I predicted that that would happen under De Blasio because I mean it's unfortunate because we have a political system that's so corrupt that it takes a bil a billionaire who doesn't need who doesn't need donors to, to, to say you know I'm going to do what I I'm going to do what's in the best interest of the city because I don't I don't uh, I don't uh, take money from special interests and De Blasio is loaded with special interest money and I don't think he had to do that he could have taken off and said you know what I'm going to change the system I, I'm going to I'm going to do what Seattle is doing I'm going to I I am going to uh, bring uh, convene a charter revision commission look at lobbying reform. Look at uh, uh, nonpartisan elections, things that, by the way, California's government has improved dramatically after nonpartisan elections were imposed there. Um, and, and de Blasio has done none of that because de Blasio, once again, I, I'm probably the most knowledgeable person around about de Blasio. He's a political insider. He's a mechanic. That's his, his, his entire life has been a... a Basically, you know, ma managing campaigns, wedge issues, you know, whether it was for Clinton, for Cuomo, uh, and on and on and on. So you don't change your pedigree overnight. You don't become a reformer when you're, when you're, he could have, he could have said, look, you know, I, I, I want to be a balance between Bloomberg and, 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 uh, and, and what we've seen in the past. Let me change the political system so I don't have to be indebted to all of these lobbyists and what have you. He didn't do that. He, he basically, adopted the system as it is on steroids. I mean, I, I haven't seen this since the Koch days, the, 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 the pay-to-play corruption that I've seen under this mayor. Um, so uh, I, I think it's a major, major flaw. Um, and and uh, you're not, you're not, you're, we're not going to get any change uh, with another term of de Blasio. It's going to be the same. I think he's going to be less interested. I think he's going to be looking for higher office. He's term limited. And God, if he's going to be less interested in his second term than he was in his first term, we're all in big trouble. So the Democratic primary will probably not have high turnout. It didn't even in 2013 when there was uh, an open seat and right. everybody knew that the Democratic primary was probably going to determine the whole thing. So given low turnout, uh, given an incumbent mayor, sort of what's your path? What's your map? How, how do you win the Democratic primary? Well, the, the, it's by generating interest. I mean, if it's a low turnout, we're, we're, we're going to be we're going to be in trouble. I mean, we're going to have to present a viable option to de Blasio. I mean, people are going to have to say, you know, it's Albanese versus de Blasio and Albanese has got a shot at winning this thing. And there's a lot there's a lot of, uh, as I said, negative feedback around Bill de Blasio. And if there's an option, people will gravitate to that option. As long as you present a, a decent option. I think the other thing people don't know about me is that, you know, I was a school teacher for 11 years. So I know I know schools from the inside. I was, uh, you know, a legislator and I have a background in finance and law. I mean, I, I want to revamp the pension system in New York City, which is costing us billions of dollars. And I've got a plan to do that as well. So I want to, I, I want to give people uh, a, a good picture of of my experience as well, which I didn't have in 97, by the way, that I was not a, a 97. Uh, I just, uh, I think I just had become a lawyer a couple of years ago and I didn't have any finance background. I spent 10 years in finance and I really know how pension systems work. And it's one of our biggest issues. You've seen some of the stuff from the, uh, um, the, 
the uh, the institute, even the Manhattan Institute, which I'm not a big fan of, put together a report which says that the city's pension plan is going to be in trouble. I mean, Houston's pension plan went belly up. We know what happened in Detroit, and a lot of the pension plans are underwater. And we, our our plan is archaic. So I, I want people to get an idea that hey, this guy is not only you know, he's run for mayor before, but but you know he's an option. He's a viable option to De Blasio. He's got the experience, certainly more experience than De Blasio. And, and hopefully that will generate interest. We're start, as I said, we're starting to get more interest on our website, and hopefully um, that will increase the turnout. Great. Well, we'll leave it there. There's a lot more to talk about, but we'll talk with you again before the primary for sure. Sal Albanese, Democratic candidate for mayor, Reform Party candidate for mayor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Sal. Thank Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. So we've said goodbye to Sal Albanese, former council member and, again, uh, candidate for mayor. Ben, what were your impressions? I think that Mr. Albanese has a very sort of solid message of we need reform to the political system. The current mayor has been unethical, and I want to manage the city. I love the city. I want to be in the neighborhoods. I want to do the operational stuff that this mayor doesn't seem to like to do. He's got a solid message there. I just think there's these questions about sort of how does he get more attention? How does he get sort of the sense of viability? Um, and it's very hard when you haven't raised a lot of money and you're not a current office holder. Um, so I think it's a, a tough game for him. I think you're right that his, his policy platform has more heft to it than, than I thought from reading the website, just hearing him talk about democracy vouchers and his approach to transit and some of the other items. I think the fact that he has run twice before and the second time didn't do very well uh, undermines a little bit um, his, his approach and his message that this is about a particular set of ideas and, and not merely someone who wants to run for the heck of it or because he doesn't like the mayor. Um, so I think it will be interesting to see uh, whether or not he can tap into, I think, what he has identified as a, a lack of enthusiasm about de Blasio and whether that is enough to at least sustain a campaign long enough to ask good questions come September, October. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out with with Sal, you know, this idea that I, I like the argument that this is a better race for him than 2013 with a crowded field and Anthony Weiner and all those, you know, circus dynamics. But if, you know, if there isn't sort of a groundswell, I mean, we'll see. It's a little bit early. It's not that early. Um, you know, if there isn't a groundswell, though, of sort of dissatisfaction with the mayor, um, you know, I don't know, you know, that where he's going, you know, but but I think, as he said, you know, he had a couple of solid press events recently, and he saw a little more of an uptick in fundraising. And one of the big keys for him, which we didn't discuss, is getting into the debates and sort of making some noise there. So thanks for joining us on Max and Murphy. We've heard now from three of the people running for mayor. We'll hear from more in coming weeks. Uh, please stay tuned. <laughs>